Welcome to the SPE Podcast, powered by the Society of Petroleum Engineers. You're listening to SPE Live, building the bridge to the future of energy engineering. The audio from this episode was previously recorded on April 5th, 2023. And now your moderator, Stefano Pruno. Welcome to this SPE Live on building the bridge to the future of energy engineering. My name is Stefano Bruno. I'm the Regional Technical Advisor for Core Analysis at Stratum Reservoir, and I will be your moderator today. Today's SP Live will last 30 minutes. We encourage you to ask questions in the chat during the program. It is now my pleasure to introduce our guest. Zoya Hidari is an Associate Professor in the Hildeman Department of Petroleum and Geosystem Engineering at the University of Texas at Austin. Zoya has contributed extensively to the science of rock and fluid characterization and formation evaluation through integration of multi-scale formation data. She has received many awards, including the 2021 SPWLA Distinguished Technical Achievement Award, the 2020 SPWLA Young Professional Technical Award, the 2019 EAG Ari Felden Award, the 2019 AME Rossiter W. Raymond Memorial Award, the 2019 SPE Distinguished Membership Award, and finally the 2017 SPE Cedric K. Ferguson Medal. Zoya has published more than 200 papers in peer-reviewed journals and conference proceedings. She has served as a member of the SPE Reservoir Advisory Committee and as an executive editor for the SPE Journal since 2022. As an associate editor for the SPE Reservoir Evaluation and Engineering Journal and Geophysics Journal. Zoya, welcome to this SP Live. Thank you very much, Stefano. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you. Thank you. So, Zoya, we know that the future of our energy transition will require a new generation of subsurface energy engineers, focusing on finding efficient and sustainable ways to supply the world with energy. So, they will need to address new challenges, opportunities, and acquire specialist knowledge about conventional and renewable energy sources for power generation and storage. By combining, of course, traditional engineer principle and modern solution, and to develop, you know, hopefully a better understanding of the production and efficient use of existing energy sources. So can you please comment on what are the current challenges based on your experience that we need to address for core analysis on conventional reservoir? Well, uh... Let me start uh, talking about the challenges related to the properties of unconventional rocks, as you mentioned. So the definition of unconventional obviously can be uh, pretty dynamic uh, depending on the existing knowledge and developments that uh, we have today. Um, most of the rocks that we currently consider as unconventional, such as organic rich mud rocks, for instance, uh, have some specific properties in common and that we consider challenging at this time. So for instance, most of them might have tight pore structure. Uh, We experience complex mineralogy, uh, complex rock fabric. And when we talk about rock fabric, what I mean is special distribution of solid and fluid components in the rock. And uh, we might have a pretty complex pore structure. Presence of fractures also at multiple scales can add to the complexity of these reservoirs. 
uh, and affect core analysis efforts and in general formation evaluation reservoir characterization efforts. And we also experience complex solid fluid interfacial interactions. And by solid fluid interfacial interactions, I'm talking about, for instance, properties such as wettability, cation exchange capacity. So these complexities in rock properties create uh, some challenges related to measurements and also interpretation of those measurements. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, these types of challenges. Uh, first of all, uh, let me start with saturating of the samples when we do core analysis. Saturating the samples with any type of fluid can be very difficult and it can be also very slow. It is hard really to guarantee that um, a rock sample is fully saturated. Uh, and then um, preparing partially saturated samples can also be more difficult. Impact of geochemistry is another topic that I want to talk about. And uh, geochemistry can significantly affect the rock properties. And this impact might be unknown. And uh, it also might affect uh, any type of measurement that uh, we perform on core samples. Anything related to fluid flow, even electric current flow, any type of measurement that we perform. Wettability and its alteration uh, during coring and handling process can also affect uh, different types of measurements that we perform at, and can add complexity to core analysis. And there are also no standard protocols and uh, methods or very limited standard protocols and methods for integration of multi-scale core measurements, analysis, and imaging. Uh, and uh, well, upscaling is also very challenging because is most of these uh, unconventionals are known uh, by their heterogeneity. There is a high level of heterogeneity in these formations, and this makes upscaling even more challenging. Uh, continuous data collection can be helpful in these conditions. However, this type of uh, data is currently very limited. So all of these challenges we talked about can affect assessment of uh, properties of these rocks, including permeability, capillary pressure, relative permeability and relative permeability endpoints, uh, or in general, any measurement that requires fluid flow in the samples, uh, there, might, there, might, there will be lots of uncertainty in those measurements. Uh, they are hard and also time consuming. Uh, some of these measurements can take months to complete, depending on the level of accuracy we expect. And this is very different than the conventional reservoirs that we are used to. And uh, also quantification of interfacial properties, another thing that will be affected, uh, especially in the presence of complex mineralogy and heterogeneity in the sample. Uh, these are very important properties to quantify because they affect fluid flow, but we have lots of uncertainty in assessment of these properties in unconventionals. Uh, it's not only about fluid flow, they also affect physical measurements, uh, such as electrical measurements. So in general, wettability is actually a property that is hard to quantify, even in uh, conventional reservoirs, depending on the level of accuracy we want to achieve, right? Wettability restoration and even characterization techniques. Uh, so one more thing that I would like to add is the Horkor uh, analysis. 
uh, might be preferred depending on the level of heterogeneity in the samples. However, whole core analysis is often uh, challenging and time consuming. Even core preparation and uh, cutting a good quality core can be complicated and impossible in some cases. And meanwhile, uh, crush core analysis methods might be on, might create some level of uncertainty in core analysis efforts and also in larger scale formation evaluation and reservoir characterization. One last point that I would like to highlight here is the high level of uncertainty in the measurements and also absence of the standards for core analysis or limited basically availability, which leads to absence of grounded truth in estimated rock properties in unconventional. It has been very typical to consider um, core measurements as a ground truth in conventional reservoirs, uh, where we use them for calibration of every other interpretation. Uh, with all the challenges we already discussed here, uh, it is hard to consider core measurements as ground truth, and this will affect the outcomes of reservoir characterization and production decisions in general. Therefore, uh, I consider it as important to invest in development of new methods for reliable core analysis. Yeah, great. Thank you very much, Zoya. Uh, so this is a related question, of course, you know, what, what do you think about the need of developing new techniques for core analysis, right? We discussed about most on tight rock, very challenging lithologies, mm -hmm. you know, for from this unconventional reservoir, you know, it is that's an important, you know, development, these new techniques. Well, I absolutely believe that uh, there is a need for development of new measurement methods as well as interpretation methods. Let's uh, start talking about new measurement techniques and tools. Uh, conventional measurement methods in general might not be reliable for tight rocks or some of them uh, might be very time consuming, as we mentioned already. Examples include methods for permeability assessment or relative permeability endpoints. In general, any measurement in, that requires fluid flow in such rocks. Uh, possible solutions are either changing the size of the samples in these cases or coming up with new measurement methods and protocols. And of course, we need to be mindful about uh, uh, sample size, especially uh, in these especially heterogeneous formations, right? We cannot go very small sample size uh, while we have a uh, high level of heterogeneity. Another example, for instance, is the uh, use of two megahertz and MR measurements for pore size distribution. Uh, that was very common in conventional reservoirs uh, for pore size distribution and also fruit characterization, which might not be reliable in organic mud rocks and tight rocks anymore. Uh, and uh, in such cases, using high frequency NMR measurements uh, are becoming uh, a new normal in tight mud rocks in the lab. Another important point about tight and also fractured rocks is the importance of performing measurements under high pressure and temperature to, pre to represent in-situ condition. Otherwise, uh, we will end up overestimating porosity and permeability in some cases, and the uncertainty associated with the presence of fractures might not be negligible in, right, in, in tight, tight rocks. Uh, performing some measurements have not been a common practice in the case of conventional rocks, but it can potentially become a common practice in the future in the case of unconventional formations. Uh, I also believe in the need for development of new methods for performing measurements in situ condition in the subsurface before bringing the samples uh, to the surface. Uh, such measurements can be planned to be performed continuously 
addressing some challenges related to uh, formation heterogeneity. Uh, in situ small size laboratories and nanosensors that travel in the borehole or in the porous structure and might become new normal solutions in the future. We just need to think out of the box. We also uh, need to develop, as I mentioned, new interpretation methods, new rock physics models and integrated workflows uh, for interpretation of the data that we collect in the laboratory and also the data that we collect in the borehole to reliably estimate rock properties, uh, especially when we deal with these complex uh, rock fluid systems. Unconventional rocks are different than conventional rocks for which most of the existing rock physics models are developed. If the complexity of these unconventional rocks is not taken into account, uh, we end up with excessive calibration of conventional models to fit their outcomes to what we believe the ground truth property is. And sadly, we might not even have access to a ground truth here. Instead, I believe we need to uh, uh, develop new rock physics models with physically meaningful model parameters then, uh, for, for these particular uh, complex systems. Then uh, we can use core measurements for calibration of these models while incorporating uncertainty bars, and that's very important, on uh, lab measurements and interpretation results. Heterogeneity of the samples at the scale of measurement and uh, analysis is also an important component to be taken into account in the interpretation of the collected data. Uh, heterogeneity can be observed in several properties. Uh, our examples include pore structure, uh, mineralogy, wettability. Heterogeneity in all of these properties and uh, the level of heterogeneity can affect measurements and their reliability. And it absolutely needs to be taken into account in the interpretation step and maybe in the measurement step too. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So there's still quite a lot of work to do then yes. <laughs> based on this. Um, yeah, so now it's um, it's time maybe for a, a more heated question, but in, in your opinion, what is the role of Cornell's in the current green shift? There's a lot of discussion about energy transition. So yeah. what do you think what we can do, you know? <laughs> well, a big portion of our current and uh, future energy challenges and the green shift that we all have the opportunity of being part of are related to subsurface rocks and uh, these very complex porous media uh, in general. In my opinion, core analysis or in general term analysis of porous media is and will be an important component of any subsurface energy topic or any other topic relevant to characterization of porous media. And therefore, from my point of view, core analysis uh, has important role in applications such, such as uh, CCS, hydrogen storage, geothermal related applications. In all of these applications, we need to understand rocks, these complex porous media, and we also need to understand multi-phase fluid flowing there. So characterization of some of these rocks, such as those related to geothermal systems, uh, can be very challenging. Uh, we, we do have some existing techniques for characterization of such challenge, some, such complex uh, porous media, um, but we do need to develop new measurement and interpretation methods. There is a lot uh, we need to uh, accomplish. 
And obviously, we need to be uh, cautious of our environment when developing new methods and protocols for core analysis. This is part of the green shift, and uh, we have been always doing that. Uh, so we just need to think out of the box to tackle our new challenges uh, that we are facing in our industry. And it can be hard sometimes, especially if you're used to methods which have been successful and have been working for our conventional reservoirs and applications for a long time. Leaving comfort zone can be hard, but it, uh, it is needed uh, for progress. It is always good to stop for a while and ask ourselves this question, if there is any better method uh, to solve uh, this problem that I have, and then think about what we need to achieve and uh, that goal. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. That's very, very interesting. Uh, so, you know, does, does rock cartelization for a conventional reservoir relate or can support the current plans for carbon capture storage, you know, hydrogen gas storage and loss, geothermal energy, mm -hmm. and all this activity related to, you know, energy transition and subsurface, you know? What is your opinion about it? Well, characterization, from my opinion, characterization of organic rich mud rocks and, uh, are currently a big part of plans and developments for uh, CCUS, hydrogen gas storage and geothermal energy, and the examples you mentioned. Uh, I can talk about some examples related to each one of these topics. Uh, for instance, let's start with talking about uh, CO2 storage in mud rocks and use of CO2 injection as a mechanism for enhanced oil recovery. This is a, a hot topic these days. Uh, to assess uh, CO2 storage capacity and to increase its efficiency, rock properties, including geochemistry, pore structure, and absorption properties of these uh, mud rocks need to be reliably quantified. It is important to understand how the chemical composition, thermal maturity, type of organic content in these organic rich mud rocks would affect CO2 absorption and how it would affect hydrocarbon production because uh, we are using um, this kind of technique for enhanced uh, oil recovery these days. Uh, so the petrophysics side of it is very important to understand the problem and make it more efficient. Uh, rock classification efforts can also contribute to enhance the efficiency of such plants. Uh, oh, we can have similar examples regarding uh, hydrogen gas storage. Reliable um, characterization of subsurface rocks is uh, not only critical for analyzing storage capacity and efficiency, but it's also important for understanding the sealing properties and uh, understanding sealing properties and also storage capacity requires understanding of the rock properties, petrophysics and rock analysis can uh, enhance these efforts. Uh, and so fundamental research is needed for understanding this uh, uh, absorption and diffusion of hydrogen as a function of pore structure as well as geochemistry of solid fluid rock components. Uh, I can also give you examples about uh, geothermal systems. In the case of geothermal systems, uh, we most often deal with uh, tight and fractured rocks. In situ and laboratory-based characterization of such rocks can be very challenging, similar to the case of organic rich mud rocks. Uh, new large-scale laboratory measurement methods and interpretation techniques are needed. When I talk about large-scale 
uh, I'm not talking about an inch or one and a half inch type of measurements in the laboratory. I'm talking about block size mm -hmm. uh, measurements in the laboratory. Yeah. And similar to the case of modrox. Uh, and uh, given the fact that most geothermal efforts take place at very high temperatures, in-situ assessment of rock properties would require development of new sensors, tools, and measurement techniques. Uh, as we discussed in all these examples, the uh, experience we have gained in unconventional reservoirs with some advancements can significantly contribute to the current plans and developments for uh, CCS, hydrogen storage, and geothermal energy. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... That's also very interesting uh, development, you know, in uh, in our industry. Um, now, a question relating more to the to the future and the students, you know, in your opinion, how academia can prepare students for these new challenges, you know, for the future of this, and engineer, they call it, you know, the, the future of the industry. What well, is, do you think? Yeah. And thank you very much, Stefano. That's a very good question. Uh, we need to prepare students. Uh, so for these new challenges or lots of challenges that we uh, talked about today. Uh, addressing the challenges in this evolving field of energy engineering requires development of new tools and solutions for reliable characterization of subsurface rocks. Uh, this demands training engineers and scientists who can think out of the box, right, as we have been talking about today. Uh, to be able to develop sustainable and creative bridges to the future of energy engineering. And the question, the hard question is how can we do this? Uh, well, from my point of view, instead of teaching recipes and workflows which work for certain problems and rocks, we can lead the students towards practicing how to approach a new problem and how to use the fundamental knowledge they gain in our programs in developing solutions for the new challenges they face. We need to train problem solvers and promote creative thinking. And uh, because of the because uh, the future of the energy engineering requires creative thinkers. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that's a kind of uh, big challenge for everyone, right? Uh, academia and service company, oil companies in the industry in general, you know, try to find those solutions. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's very, very important, yeah. yeah. And now we, we we are going, maybe the question is more related to, you know, the digitalization part, the role of digitalization, automation, mm -hmm. machine learning, because there is a lot of development also in, yeah. in that direction. Now that can, you know, help in the future of core analysis, energy engineering, you know, in this, uh, you know, transition period that we are, you know, into. Well, uh, in my opinion, digitalization, uh, automation, and machine learning are inevitable components of core analysis in the future and currently as well. Uh, however, it's important to remember that having a machines analyze collected data cannot replace the raw physics that needs to be involved in the interpretation and measurement process. For instance, when a measurement is not sensitive to fluids, I cannot expect the machine to use that measurement to estimate fluid saturation, right, and fluid viscosity, for instance. Or if a measurement is not sensitive to pore structure, I cannot expect a machine to use that measurement to estimate permeability. Machine learning methods can also be used to expedite decision-making and analysis of data through automation. I believe this is a very important contribution of machine learning 
An example for those applications is image analysis, for instance, uh, which can have a great contribution to core analysis efforts in multiple scales. For instance, core and log scale automatic image analysis, uh, for instance, CT scan images, uh, log, image logs, core photos. Uh, automatic analysis of these uh, images can expedite raw classification little faces characterization efforts is co if combined with the experience of geologists and petrophysicists. This also enables heterogeneity quantification that we talked about in the very beginning today. Uh, automatic selection of best depth intervals for core sampling, optimization, the number of uh, core samples and the location of the core samples we collect uh, in a given formation. Uh, these are all significantly uh, uh, contributing to core analysis efforts and can enhance formation evaluation, reservoir characterization, and production planning. Uh, one more example is, for instance, uh, pore scan analysis. We can do this in multiple scales, and this pore scale image analysis can be integrated with larger scale image analysis efforts for upscaling purposes and for development of reliable rock physics models for, an, for interpretation of the data that we collect. And uh, if I want to summarize, uh, from my point of view, machine learning methods should be part of the existing and future efforts for core analysis and uh, formation evaluation while honoring physics of the rocks. Yeah, yeah. So we have to think out of the box, but we also have to understand the black box of machine <laughs> learning sometimes, you know, to make sense of the physics behind and everything. Yeah, that's uh, that's very, very important. I agree with you, Zoya. Um, yeah, now, of course, there is always discussion about how we can, you know, integrate and collaborate, you know, between different disciplines mm -hmm. uh, and, and develop this multidisciplinary approach for the new energy industry because we have a lot of legacy, you know, from, yeah. you know, the petroleum engineering, the, the subsurface analysis, yeah. and we have all these new, you know, industry techniques, uh, challenges. So what do you think about this? What do you, how do you think we can integrate and collaborate in an efficient way? Well, uh, from my point of view, integration and collaboration are critical uh, to address the challenges we have already discussed, as you mentioned. Well, uh, in the case of uh, integration, we deal with uh, multidisciplinary problems here, and as we have discussed so far today, which require multidisciplinary teams and also integration. In my opinion, we need to develop methods for integrated analysis of pore, core, log, and reservoir scale measurements, as well as numerical modeling for uh, data collected at multiple scale, while um, we take into account rock fabric and geochemistry. This, is, this requires integration. Uh, collaboration is also very important. Uh, we need creative solutions for the existing and future challenges of our industry, uh, such as unconventional formations, geothermal systems. Collaborating among the different dis disciplines can bring uh, new ideas to the table and help expediting our progress in developing solutions. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's very true. Uh, let's see if you have some questions from the chat. Let me check. Um, that's maybe a little bit also interesting for us. It's related to, um, you know, machine learning required quite high level of standardization, you know, that's both a conventional, conventional reservoir. Yeah. So how important do you think is standardization for, for the current developments, you know, in, in, in 
post analysis of the transition that we are we are experiencing, you know, um, yeah, for the current developments, you know. Yeah, so, so uh, we, we absolutely do need a standards uh, through joint efforts from uh, multiple technical societies, uh, such as SPE, SPWLA, APG, SCG. Integration is important, as we discussed. If we want to come up with a standard uh, procedures with address which uh, can address all the challenges uh, we have discussed so far. Uh, we also still experience huge range of variation in core measurements and partially because of uh, the, the problem with the standardization in this kind of challenging reservoirs. Um, creating a standard procedures and uh, incorporating uncertainty evaluation on core measurements and at the same time development of new methods can improve core analysis and consequently can enhance formation evaluation and reservoir characterization efforts. Uh, which all depend uh, on the uh, core in the core analysis industry. Yeah, yeah. So the the last question. It's a more general question, but let's see if we can address this in a, in a minute. Um, so when where do you think we are now, and where we sh we need to be in five years from now? Let's say, or maybe thirty years from now. We don't know how fast this is going to go. But uh, what what is your opinion about this? What what is your feeling, maybe also you know, about this development? Yeah, uh, well, uh, as we discussed so far, fast computational capabilities uh, have already affected our industry. We can see its impact on making some of the existing workflows automatic, uh, which has enabled uh, fast and, in some cases, real-time decision-making. Uh, we can also see fast multi-scale numerical modeling efforts being incorporated in core analysis and reservoir characterization. Deep learning and machine and artificial uh, intelligence in general are also being regularly used these days for decision making. I believe that we are going to see even more progress in the formation efforts in the upcoming years. And now that we are expanding our expertise and tools for analyzing and using data for fast and reliable decision making, it will be very important from my point of view in the future to develop more efficient and dependable unconventional methods and sensors and measurement tools for collecting good quality data because having good quality uh, data in real time is important uh, for uh, the core evaluation in general and and these methods uh, need to honor the complex nature of our challenging rocks not only for the purpose of reservoir characterization but also for being able to develop efficient and environmental-friendly subsurface energy-related strategies. Perfect. Thank you very much, uh, Zoya, Professor Edari, for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us today. On behalf of SPE and our presenter, many thanks for joining us today. If you have any other questions, please direct contact Professor Zoya Hedari at the university. Have a wonderful rest of the day and see you hopefully next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the SPE Live podcast. For more content, visit the SPE Energy Stream, the industry's digital pulse at streaming.spe.org. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and review. Join us next time on the SPE Live podcast.